Hi, and welcome to Becoming Less, an Edmontonian journey to less waste, less impact, less consumption, and less clutter. Becoming Less is brought to you by Waste Free Edmonton, and together we're dedicated to waste reduction efforts, big and small. I'm Biz, and today I'm here with Sean. Hi, Sean. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you. And Sean is the... What are you now? Are you still the chair? <laughs> no, I'm just a, a, a director on the board of directors of Waste Free Edmonton and uh, one of the co-founders. Yes, he he was one of the co-founders, is I guess one of the co-founders, but is no longer our president slash chair. So, but he does amazing background work that I don't think anyone will appreciate the amount of stuff you do behind the scenes that nobody sees. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot of the uh, the background admin work that uh, is is a little bit boring, but is kind of kind of necessary, and uh, a lot of dealing with the the city and administration and uh, councillors as well. You are a co-founder, so tell us how. Waste Free Edmonton came to be. What's the history there? Yeah, this is something that uh, that my wife and I had talked about for years. Is just wanting to to do something other than just volunteering, something more to to give back. And we noticed that there was a really a, an area where there was uh, no one doing any work in the city of Edmonton, and that was around waste. There were some organizations doing discreet things about food waste for example, uh, some really good organizations. But in terms of waste generally, there was no one really working in that area. And uh, it was never quite the right time to start an organization. But then uh, with a, a three-month-old at home, for whatever reason, we decided that was that was the time um, <laughs> to start working towards waste reduction in the city, uh, particularly starting with the, the, the very simple beginnings of looking for a, a, a bylaw on single-use bags. And things grew from there exponentially in terms of what we were working on. So that's actually kind of why we decided to get you on today is because the single-use bags has evolved into something even greater. The city is implementing a single-use items. We have previously referred to it on the podcast as single-use plastics by law, but it's now items because it encompasses even more than that. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. And it the, the history of the development of this for, with the city of Edmonton kind of mirrors the, the history of Waste Free Edmonton. It started off as uh, like many municipalities do with just looking at bags, but that's just a very discreet part of, of the waste issue. And uh, so as we started advocating for more and, and, and looking beyond that that one item and that one material, the city started doing the same thing, uh, which brings us to where we're at now with what the city is looking at doing. So this is actually coming to fruition soon, correct? Yep. This is, uh, well, soon relatively. We're actually at the stage now where after years of uh, consultation and years of drafts and years of uh, city council and utility committee meetings, we're now to the point where an actual bylaw might be developed by the <laughs> by the city. Uh, <laughs> later this month, we're going to be presenting and city administration is going to be presenting about a, a proposed bylaw with actual kind of direction and wording at this point. And then if on March 25th, the utility committee approves it, then it goes to city council and hope they approve it, then hopefully... By at least this time next year, maybe, we'll have something actually 
on the ground implemented uh, in effect in the city of Edmonton. So it's, it's, it's close. It's closer than it has been at any point since Waste Free Edmonton's inception in January of 2018. But uh, we still got a little ways to go. It takes so long for these things to actually happen. It does. It does. And some of it is is necessary. I mean, you do have to consult different different stakeholders and groups and, and Edmontonians. And of course, COVID put a little bit of a, a speed bump on the, the route to this being implemented. But it's uh, it's been a slow, steady progression. And we're in the, the final stretch, as it were. Okay. So... What are we? What are we thinking? What is it supposed to look like at this point? Well, at this point, the city is looking at doing things with a few different specific either materials or items. The first is shopping bags. The second is styrofoam generally. The third is foodware accessories, which we can talk more about what those are. And then the fourth is single-use drink cups. Uh, those are kind of the the main focuses of of what the city is uh, is currently proposing to go ahead with. Okay. And each of them each of them have their own their own strategies on how to how to deal with them. And what what do those strategies look like? I mean, we can start with one and yeah, go Yeah, well, starting all. with shopping bags, what we've been advocating for 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 years is for there to be a ban on uh, the the ultra thin plastic or plastic alternative uh, shopping bags. So that's bioplastic, compostable plastic, uh, anything that kind of looks and feels plastic. And then a fee on uh, both paper bags. So you can still have single use paper bags, but you have to pay for them. Uh, and then also a, a minimum fee for plastic or cloth or any other material reusable bags. Uh, so it's kind of a, a hybrid approach where certain things are, are banned and then certain things uh, there's a fee on. Uh, which is what we've been advocating for. And we're glad to see the cities taking, or at least recommending to city council to take that approach. That's interesting. Okay, so there's going to be a minimum charge for reusable bags, regardless of what they're yes, made Yeah, of. for the reusable. And the, the idea behind that is that if you've ever shopped at a place where they give out reusable bags uh, automatically with no fee, they basically treat them as single-use bags. But the amount of plastic, the amount of fossil fuels that goes into making those bags is is vastly greater than a, a single use bag. So that bag actually has to end up being used. And I have seen, for example, at some clothing stores where they might you might buy something little and they'll give you a, a little reusable bag. Well you're never going to reuse that for anything. There's really no purpose behind it. And so it's just going to end up creating more waste. So you put a minimum fee on the reusable bag uh, so that people don't just treat them <laughs> like single-use bags. Uh, there's an incentive to actually reuse your bag, right. whether your cloth bag or your your heavier plastic bag. Okay. So you're talking about like the the fairly sturdy bags, such as the the best example that comes to my mind is Lululemon always has those. Th- that, that's an example, uh, <laughs> certainly, where uh, every single time they would just give them out for free. Yeah. And I, I know people who have just closets, their drawers filled with bags from right. those places. And that's worse. Uh, that ends up being an unintended consequence. of uh, yeah. It's worse than a single-use bag uh, because so much more goes into their, their production and, and they're not actually going to get reused. So if you have a minimum, minimum gotcha. fee, uh, then now, okay, now people are going to have to actually uh, think about it and hopefully reuse their reusable bag uh, enough to make it worthwhile. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> Interesting. No, I, I hadn't even considered that part of it, actually. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. unintended knock-on consequences. If you if you ban one thing, and that's why you have to be careful with bans, uh, you have to look at what the substitution effect is. What are people going to do as a substitute? And if the substitute is worse, well, then you're not actually doing anything. So, for right. example, if they just ban plastic bags and don't have a fee on paper bags, well, then it's not really disincentivizing the disposable nature of it. And yeah, paper bags might not be causing the same issues in terms of with wildlife uh, because they can decompose or with microplastics getting into our, our ecosystem. But there's a lot of negatives about paper bags as well. The fact that they're made from trees that have to be harvested, uh, the fact that they're heavier and the, the cost uh, fossil fuel wise of transporting them to be used. So we still want to disincentivize the use of the alternatives to the thing that's being banned. I'm very much in favor of how uh, the city is proposing to go uh, deal with shopping bags. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad that there's that forward thinking because, yeah, it had not even occurred to me that free, thicker bags was going to be the alternative there. Yeah. Um, On that note, I find it really funny because I find it really odd how we are upset about shipping heavier packaging. So we use a lot of plastic because it's really light. We don't want to use paper or glass because it's heavy, but then we water everything down. <laughs> yeah, it's uh and and you really have to take a look at at all of the the costs environmentally of whatever you end up using in terms of packaging and transport costs are certainly one in terms of the fossil fuels taken to to get it there. But uh, I, I think that at this point, most people would agree that something like a, a plastic bag, a single-use plastic bag that's derived from fossil fuels and is used for five minutes for you to take it from your grocery store to your house or 10 or half an hour, and then maybe you give it one extra life as a, a liner in your garbage, and then that's it. It's done, and then it's lasting forever either out in the environment or or in a landfill somewhere. So mm-hmm. so it's kind of the worst of the alternatives. And then the other alternatives for, for single use are, are bad as well, <laughs> each in their own way. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So what was number two? Was that styrofoam? Yeah. And so styrofoam for things like cups and takeout containers, the city administration is proposing just a, a ban. This one's really a no-brainer. I have a, a four-year-old at home that I, I read him some of my old books from when I was young, and I have a, a Ninja Turtles environmental ABCs book from the 80s. And <laughs> and so this is back in the late 80s, and it's talking about styrofoam at fast food restaurants and how awful it is and how it should. it's kind of the worst of the worst. It's not recyclable. They should do away with it. If you go back to that era, a lot of fast food places were were using that and they did get rid of it and they brought in alternatives but there's still hangers on uh, there's still takeout places that have styrofoam there's still places that have styrofoam uh, cups for you to to use and the fact is we've had alternatives like even single use alternatives for years that are at least maybe compostable or maybe recyclable or just not as bad as styrofoam so uh that one is really to me, a, a simple one to to get rid of, and I, in the city's uh, 
in their consultations, there's a very strong support for banning that. Um, and this is for specifically for like restaurants and food service uh, places. There will be exceptions, for example, for places like not-for-profits that, that might use styrofoam cups for low-income individuals or things like that. So there will be exceptions, but for most food service places, uh, it's, it's done, gone, assuming it's approved by, by the city council. I don't think you're going to get too much argument with styrofoam. I feel like it's generally accepted that styrofoam is bad. I think so. I think so. And if the Ninja Turtles knew yeah. that in the eighties, I, I think that uh, <laughs> I think that by now it's it's time that uh, our, our city follows suit. And and those last few places that are still using it, uh, well, it's more than a few, but just get rid of it. If people won't listen to us, they can at least listen to Raphael and yes, Michelangelo. Exactly. Damn it. <laughs> and the other two, who's Names escape me at the moment. Raphael, Michelangelo, you know Donatello, are, Leonardo. Yeah. There you go. I would have got there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that brings us to number three, which was... Yeah, foodware accessories. So this would be things that kind of come ancillary to what your food is or drink is served in. So things like straws, stir sticks, cutlery packages single-use condiment packages, napkins, all of these things that kind of are oftentimes just, if you ever get takeout, they're just thrown in there. It's the worst. And, <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things that talking to most people, if you're getting delivery or getting takeout, the vast majority of time you're taking that food home. Uh, there might be some times where you're taking it out for a picnic or you're taking it somewhere else, but most of the time you're taking it home to eat. And you probably have your own ketchup at home. You probably have your own napkins at home. You probably have your own utensils at home, I would think. So <laughs> to get all of these single-use items, not only is it wasteful, it's actually a, a complete inconvenience to you. I, I'm not sure if you have one or not, but I know a lot of people who have that drawer in the kitchen where it's just filled with these things. And once a year, they go through and they say, well, what am I going to do with these 15 packages of, of utensils? And well, I guess I throw them out or you put them in their cycling, but they're not, I, I do they're not. not actually recycled. But no, and I don't either because I make the effort, as I'm assuming you do, to if you're ever doing these things, you specifically say, I don't want these. Like uh, sushi is for me the, the worst. With takeout generally... I opt for things that are hand foods anyway, or like the, the ones that come in paper. Like I, I think about it, like pizza is a good one because it comes in a cardboard box and you don't need anything else with it. So you rarely get anything else. Yeah. And that's that comes they, with they've it. They've at least figured it out years ago not to throw all that extra stuff because you, you don't need the utensils with your pizza. Right. But I, I like sushi. And sushi, a lot of times, is the worst for it because you will get oh, a, yeah. a little cup that has a little thing of ginger and another one with a little thing of wasabi and another thing for soy yeah. sauce. Maybe they'll throw in a few. And mm -hmm. then the chopsticks, the little the little green leaf thing, the plastic thing that goes in between <laughs> the sushi for some reason. Uh, so there's so, for some reason. There's so many of these things and it's just completely unwanted. So... What mm -hmm. the city is, is proposing is that you can still give these things, but only on request. So it's no longer okay. incumbent on me if I'm ordering the sushi to say, and no soy sauce and no chopsticks and no napkins and no utensils. Now, 
they have to actually ask if you want any things or you have to request it, which is great because most people don't need that stuff. And on, on the few times where you do, where you're going to a picnic and you happen to have forgotten to bring your cutlery with you, which I actually keep a, a spare set in the car just for that specific reason. Uh, so I never really have yeah, to ask for it, we do, but, we also have but all sometimes that people forget. <laughs> and, and if they do, okay, they can get it. I have a spork attached to my keychain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But for the 99% of the time, at least it's not going to be just thrown in there automatically is the hope. And that's going to drastically reduce uh, waste. Uh, and st- straws will be considered with that as well, where uh, they can provide straws, but only upon request. So it's not shouldn't be the the default that they just throw a straw in every drink, which again mm. cuts down considerably if you look at the the numbers uh, uh, that are used in the city of Edmonton. Yeah, pre-COVID, I was actually able to bring like a cold drink cup into McDonald's and just be like, "Hey, can I fill my own cup at the fountain?" And they're like, "Sure." <laughs> And they're like, weirdo, but. (laughs) Well, and that's that's actually the fourth kind of bucket that the city's looking at is the drink cups. I I can tell you anecdotally and from my own view, driving by a coffee shop or fast food shop, it's really disconcerting seeing the garbages outside and inside just piled high with disposable cups. Mm -hmm. The city has estimated that. Edmontonians throw out 91 million disposable cups a year. It, it's almost unfathomable how many that that is. Like 91 million cups when a lot of the time it's people who are actually dining in. Mm-hmm. And most people have their own reusable mugs. So it's really a question of why is this happening? Why are these 91 million cups a thing so the city initially put out a draft where they were going to put a, a fee on disposable cups, which is what what we had been pushing for for years. But uh, in in their current draft, they're going to be recommending to council a requirement for reusables if you're dining in at a restaurant. So that's good. That'll and there's really no reason not to have that, other than I guess the place just doesn't want to because it's cheaper for them or easier for them to just throw out 91 million of these things a year than it is to have some reusable mugs and also requiring restaurants to accept customer cups for dine-in and takeout orders. Mm. So making it so that they're not allowed, if you brought your own mug in, uh, they're not allowed to say no to it as long as it's it's clean and, and such. So those steps I think will still be huge. They'll still create a, a big change would i like to see those and a fee on on single-use cups sure but uh, that's not to say that that can't uh happen down down the line as as the businesses start getting more and more used to this and and people are more and more used to it but i would like to hope that at least those options will take a big big bite out of the 91 million cups at least yeah i think even just the question here or to go could change so much of that even if the people would just, were just required to ask if you were staying or going. Oh, yeah. And to actually have that to stay option. I mean, I've spoken with people and asked, if you had a choice when you go to Starbucks, Tim Hortons, Second Cup, or any of the many local, great local places, would you rather get this disposable, uh, non-recyclable, non-compostable cup? 
or would you rather drink it out of a real mug? And everyone, 100% of the people I've talked to would rather have the mug. It's a it's a better experience. So it's if you're requiring the restaurants to provide that, people are going to like it, right? This is it's a kind of a win-win for the environment and for people's enjoyment. So I, I think that that'll be a very well-received uh, change if the city goes forward with that. I suppose drive-throughs would make that more difficult. Well, in terms of, but I mean, again, if they're going to be required to accept customer reusables, they've just got to figure out a way to do it. I mean, it's pretty quick to pour a pour something. Uh, maybe they put a second, or a lot of them have already a second. Uh, window, right? You give it at your first window, pick it up at the second one. Uh, so yeah, there might be some logistics mm-hmm. that they have to figure out, but they'll figure it out. They'll figure the it out. Businesses adapt. I have to say, I did bring a cold cup into Tim Hortons once and watch them make the ice cap in one of their disposables, then pour it into my cold cup and then throw out the cup anyway. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's uh, that is uh, that that hurts. I've 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 seen that as well. And hopefully, once this becomes more of the norm, then you have the training in place. You people understand why they're doing it. You're not just looked at as the weird person who brought in your your cup to McDonald's. It's lots of people are doing it now, right? And mm-hmm. we have to accept it. And it becomes more of the norm. And people are then trained on what to do with it and the reasons why. And and so I think that uh, it might be a little bit slower people adapting to it or businesses adapting to it, but they will. I mean, they will adapt and people adapt. And down the line, we're, I mean, we're still going to be advocating for a, for a fee. And we'll see. Maybe two years from now, we're having another one of these podcast discussions about how the city's uh, talking about putting a fee on 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 single use cups. And at that point, if someone has to pay 30 cents every time over those 91 million disposable cups that are thrown out a year, uh, people are going to think, think twice. And, and that's what yeah. the, the hope is. I hope that if, if they do, I hope that it's a, an amount that like 30 cents, I think people would consider. I'm not sure they would at five. I, I agree. I definitely agree. And I know some local local shops do that with like more of like a 30 cent fee or, or they give you 30 cents off. If yeah. You, bring your own or i mean there's lots of different strategies to this and the the net goal is is to just reduce waste it's not to make people's lives worse or inconvenience them some of these things it's going to be a mild inconvenience remembering your own shopping bag is most people have figured out how to do that remembering your own coffee mug is a mild inconvenience but again most people it's a pretty easy thing to do it's a habit yeah and once you do it more and more and once you're doing it everywhere Mm -hmm. and you know that all the local coffee shops and the chains and the fast food restaurants and all of them have to accept your mug. It, it's going to be just built more into your consciousness about decision making and, and it'll be it'll become habit. Yeah, I've been bringing my own like I mean, I've been bringing my mug with me for coffee as long as I can remember. I don't remember a time when I didn't bring my own mug to a cafe, but I do Remember, it was probably around 15 years ago I started bringing my own container to restaurants. And 15 years ago, I would get, oh, you brought your own container? Is that allowed? Like, that's weird. (laughs) And now I get, oh, you brought your own container. That's such a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's changed. And it's it's been the same thing for me. I, I used to have to Oh, let's see. Yeah, it's probably about twelve years ago, and I would go down to this little local Greek place, and I'd bring two two Tupperwares, and I'd do a takeout order. 
Uh, one would be for my uh, my tzatziki and one would be for my pita because uh, I just wanted a little snack to bring back home. And you know what? They would end up giving me extra because they thought it was so cool even back then. <laughs> yeah. So I'd get extra tzatziki. It's easier for them. It's It just works out well for everyone. And yeah, it. Uh, but yeah, you sometimes get some funny looks. But again, that that's another thing where moving forward, we would like to see a, a fee on, on single-use takeout containers down the road. But given that that industry has been hit so hard and it, by, by COVID and has been so reliant on the single use, and also given that there is no third-party company in Edmonton who provides a reusable takeout container service, that's something that maybe will be looked at a couple of years down the road, uh, but not in this current iteration of what's being recommended to uh, City Council. It's a big business opportunity there. Anyone who's listening, <laughs> yeah, they, they've got them. In, it's you don't even have to to reinvent the wheel. They they have them in other cities. Someone's just gotta come in and yeah. do one in Edmonton. And I know the city would definitely support such a thing. Mug share. Oh yeah, all yeah. of those things. We, Edmonton Edmonton just doesn't have them yet, but. Hopefully, some some entrepreneurs come in and uh, and say, "Hey, this is a an opportunity." And with having a bylaw like this that really incentivizes reuse and makes things easier, hopefully, it'll be one of those field of dreams type things where if you build it, they will come. Well, if you enact the bylaw, the businesses will will come. They'll, uh, to they'll take this as an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think somebody will will figure that out, and we'll see that. Uh, and I hope so. I'm, <laughs> I, I've liked the mug share idea for a long time. I'm surprised it hasn't been implemented. I think U of A was talking about it at one point. I feel like they were talking about doing that on campus. But yeah, I know. I know some different campuses have looked at it that, at that sort of thing, and at having same thing with takeout containers. If if you have it standardized, it's it's not that difficult to do. I mean, there's logistics and, and upfront costs, but some someone will come in and do it. They've done it in other cities, and Edmonton's Edmonton's catching up on the the regulation front. So yeah. So enforcement. Do you have any insight? Like, are companies going to be charged if they aren't following rules? Like, how are they? I I think that's something where uh, there's going to be a lot of discussion. Once this actually gets before the utility committee and then the, uh, the city council eventually decides on it, currently how the, the draft proposal is, is that if this says that they have to do it, then they do have to do it just like every other bylaw, but it'll be complaint driven. Uh, like the city's not going to hire a bunch of inspectors to go around and make sure that every takeout order doesn't have utensils unless it's been requested. No secret shoppers? Yeah, I don't think they'll do that, but it'll be complaint driven, like a lot of our, our bylaws, right? And mm. uh, from the draft plan, if a business is found to be non-compliant, the action the city could take would probably start with education and outreach and supporting them to comply with the bylaws. Things like enforcement, like actually giving fines and that. I'm, I'm guessing that'll be reserved for more the the more continued repeat offenders, yeah, and, and harmful or deliberate non-compliance, perhaps. But I, I think that at least at first, this is really going to be more of a more of an education, outreach, and support-driven enforcement approach. But uh, I mean, we'll see if there are repeat offenders, as it were, and and they're not getting the point. Uh, hopefully, the city will will end up being a little more forceful. Otherwise, otherwise, it doesn't have much much teeth, right? Right. But I, I don't think most of these things. There's there's not a lot of incentive for the 
businesses not to. Uh, things like throwing the utensils in every single bag of takeout order, well, that's just costing them money. Mm-hmm. So it's actually saving a lot of money. When we did the last straw campaign back in, I think it was 2018, there was one business, a, a, a pub, that they switched from having straws in all their drinks to just having them on request. And they said that they were saving it was something like $1,800 a year, which... I mean, that, that may not sound like a ton, but that's $1,800 that was just being... Wasted. Just thrown out yeah. every night, right? It's just complete waste. Yeah. Uh, so, And so you can imagine some bigger businesses, it, it would be huge amounts of money, relatively speaking, and for something that there's no benefit to. So I think that a lot of these things, you're going to see widespread uh, adoption by the businesses, because why not? It's, it's really a win-win-win. And they don't have to take the brunt of it. Because they're like, well, it's the law. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't have to be the the first ones, right? They don't have to be the. They don't have to be a leader in the area. They can just say, yeah, every, everyone's doing it. So because <laughs> they have to do it, right? right? So yeah, I, I I think that it. Some of these things are just going to be very easy for businesses to to adapt. Well, that's so exciting. I'm. I feel like this is such a long time coming. It is. It is, and not just because it takes a long time to implement. Even before <laughs> that. Yeah, well, if you think about the fact that it was, I think, 12 years ago that Regional Municipality of Wood Buffalo, so Fort McMurray, they instituted a bag ban. They didn't have this full comprehensive strategy like the City of Edmonton is doing, but they did a bag ban. And that's in Fort McMurray over a decade ago. And it's taken to this point for the, the city to even get there. And so it's frustrating in many ways, but it's happening. It's moving along. Well, it should be happening. Uh, we need the utility committee to approve it and then city council. It's it's finally coming to fruition, I guess, uh, is is the hope here. So as far as waste-free Edmonton goes, is this like our biggest project or is there other stuff going on that you want to talk about? Well, this is our biggest project in terms of the length of time that we've been at it since it was the, the main impetus for the creation of Waste Tree Edmonton in the first place. It's certainly in that respect. I, I would say that right now, the biggest thing that in the current COVID reality that Waste Tree Edmonton do, is doing is that just continuing to educate on things like this podcast and all of our social media, our Textile Tuesdays, blogs. I mean, that's a lot of what it's really about is getting the word out there to people uh, about waste in a lot of different areas, not just single use items, but in textiles and yard waste and food waste. And, and, and that's a, a never ending project, right? That's going to be, be going on forever because there's always, always more that can be done, always more to be learned. And uh, many of our initiatives got stalled or had to stop with COVID. I think our education program and a lot of our, our events that we we did quite regularly. Hopefully those will start up again relatively soon, COVID dependent. But yeah, this has been a, a major thing. And we're the next step on this, I guess, is March 25th when it goes to utility committee. If if anyone wants to lend their, their support, they can email one of the counselors that's on the utility committee and and suggest to 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 them to agree to pass this on as, as suggested by the city administration, pass it on to city council to approve. People can also attend if they want. Uh, we'll be there advocating for this as we have been from day one. Yeah. And then again, if it's an open hearing at city council, whenever that might be, people can potentially sign up to speak there as well and send emails to all their city councillors, not just the utility committee. And I imagine we'll be promoting that when we know more, right? 
Yes. Oh, certainly. Yep. Continue to to follow all the various modes of communication from Waste Free Edmonton to, to stay informed about this. Yep. Excellent. And I'll post a bunch of Waste Free Edmonton links too. Oh, it's great. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming and talking about the, I want to call it a ban. I guess it's not a ban. The plan? <laughs> The uh, the draft Edmonton's plan to reduce single use items and the associated draft bylaw direction <laughs> just rolls off the tongue. Okay, I'm going to call it an SUI bylaw. The single use item bylaw. Single use yeah. item bylaw. <laughs> we'll we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate oh, it. Yeah, thank you very much too. And thank you to all of our listeners who tuned in and to all of our patrons who support us through patreon and through the wastefree.ca website we really appreciate it you guys help support these efforts because these things cost money and change toothpaste is also a great supporter of the podcast they cover the expenses of podcasting because that is also not free to do and everyone who is participating in this work is all volunteer so we appreciate their support as well If you want to reach us here at Becoming Less, you can find us at becominglesspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at becominglesspod, or you can go to wastefree.ca slash becominglesspod for all the ways to connect and listen. Until next time, we can all be a little less than we were yesterday. editing and posting this sorry my cat's just knocking stuff over spencer you're a monster